talk like this. Talk like this. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wait, no way. Is that a person other than Michael who's speaking on this podcast? My answer to that question is yes. Yes, it is. You're welcome. You don't have to listen to me talk for a straight 40 minutes. You can have a more pleasing voice to listen to. <laughs> well, all jokes aside, this is Michael Yu speaking, and welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Young's Blueprint. Today, we're going to be diving straight back into All American Badass, the second half of the album, that is. And unlike the first two episodes, I'm bringing on a special guest for this episode, as you could tell from the very beginning, my really good friend, Alicia. Listening to the past two episodes, I realized one big thing. I had a lot of things to say, whether that was my interpretations of songs, how the songs resonated with me, and how my experiences tie into the things that Joey is saying. Yes, I had a lot of good things to say, I guess. But then again, I was only sharing one viewpoint. And the aim of this podcast is using music as a springboard to have conversations. Conversations about different perspectives, different experiences that people have that would otherwise be really difficult to talk about if we weren't talking about music. No matter how much I say it, how many times I say it, I cannot stress this enough. Music has this transformative power to bring people to a shared space where they can really open their ears and be willing to have empathic conversations about different experiences and different perspectives and ditching all the alliances and categories that people have and just talk about personal things, personal things and try to understand one another. And this is what I'm trying to achieve in these upcoming episodes. Today, I actually talked with Alicia for like an hour and a half just on one song off of this album, Land of the Free, but a lot of the things that we have to say tie directly in with the rest of the album, tracks 7 through 12. And before I let Alicia and I um, dive into our conversations about the album, I want to give some quick background. How did I get to know Alicia? And in what type of environment, what type of family setting, and what type of culture did Alicia grow up in? I'll let her speak for herself. Okay. If you could please, this is Michael Yu, and my guest today is Alicia. If you could please introduce yourself. Oh yeah, I'm Alicia Maupin. I am from Portland, Oregon. I go to school at San Diego State University uh -huh. and I grew up here with Michael. <laughs> yup. <laughs> yep. When did we first meet? Fourth grade? Fifth grade. We met in fifth grade because that's when I moved here. Right here at Forest Park Elementary where yeah, we're at right now. Okay, year. anyway, anyway. Okay. Um, so with like your, the My way you grew up in your family. Growing up. Uh -huh. Oh, um, well, I am half Filipino and on my mom's side. Uh -huh. And then my dad is Swedish and mm -hmm. African-American. And both of my parents were not born in the U.S. My mom was born in the Philippines and my dad was born in Sweden. Mm -hmm. And they grew up in different areas. Their love story is another story for another day. Yeah. Um, for for yeah. the next episode. For, maybe you guys can <laughs> If you're interested. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I guess I grew up with a lot of family on my uh -huh. Filipino side in the Bay Area. 
And then moving to Portland when I was 12 was like leaving all of that family and being here alone and then mm. realizing that everywhere you go, it's not going to be the same because the mm. Bay Area is very diverse and Portland mm. is not in the slightest right mm. now, at least. Mm -hmm. So honestly, yeah. I remember you saying that was like a huge transition for you, though. It was a culture shock. Yeah, it's a crazy culture shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like the fact that it's a culture shock is not something that a lot of people think about. Nobody when does. they come to Portland or like, yeah, it's obviously it's a very white dominant town. Like, how can there be a culture shock? But mm -hmm. just the mere fact that a city is dominated by white voices, white that's still a culture, you know? Yeah. So. And like the fact that Portland or Oregon in general was supposed to be a white utopia. Right. So, yeah. Mm. And like when I have family come visit, they're like, wow, it's like really white here and there's uh -huh. a lot of trees. But uh -huh. like, I feel like people who go to California don't think of it as a culture shock, though. I feel like people coming from somewhere else, coming to Portland, think it's a culture shock. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like when your family members come or when people from other states come, when they mention that to you, you're like, wait, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then once you really look around, you're like, you're desensitized. You're, yeah, like totally just adapting to your environment. Honestly, I didn't have much of a culture shock like going back to California, but I visited Houston uh -huh. while during my first semester of college. Yeah, yeah. And that was crazy. It was like super diverse there. Uh -huh. And I found out that Houston is the most diverse city in America. Oh. And I don't know. Houston was I was there for a conference uh -huh. with like a lot of people of color uh -huh. specifically for people of color actually yeah, yeah so like already i was just surrounded but houston was very that was a culture shock for me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay before we move on one last thing about houston mm -hmm. when my dad my dad grew up in brazil mm -hmm. you know that right yeah and i remember whenever he went down to brazil or he came back to the states he'd always have to pit stop at houston or miami mm -hmm. he'd always tell me stuff about that like how just from the airport, you realize mm -hmm. from like the, the people there, yeah. the people who are working there, the restaurants, like the venues oh there, gosh, yeah. you can realize so much from that, I feel. It was so funny because um, I was I was in the Houston airport and the Starbucks, like, you know how they have those mini Starbucks stops? Yeah. The, everybody who was working in there was Filipino. What? <laughs> it was so funny. That is unheard it was, of. It was so funny because I went up and I was buying my mom a cup for Christmas, like uh -huh. one of those Starbucks travel cups. And I was like, yeah, my name's Alicia. And something that's so funny that all Filipinos do is they go, okay, Alicia. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's when you know, I just from like, hearing. Yeah, you're like, I thought they looked Filipino already, but then she called me Alicia. And then all of the people working in there started saying it. And I was like, yeah. That's like instant validation. Have an accent. I know exactly who you are. <laughs> yeah, that's a brief history brief. Of, of how we are <laughs> yeah. today. Uh, yeah, um, yeah I, I know that Alicia and I, at least for me, um, what, what I would consider to be difficult to talk with other people, I feel like would just be a normal conversation with us. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, not really hiding anything back or trying to polish anything, but just like, you know. Yeah, conversating with you has always been easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, and that's why, that was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to have you be like one of the first people yeah um, i was surprised that you no no because when i was first thinking about it i was like okay who would i have like i know that my purpose in this podcast is to like mm -hmm. having these types of conversations about race and yeah. culture and identity 
it's like it's pretty difficult for people oh yeah so which is why i chose to use music as like a jumping off point mm-hmm. that's smart but when i thought about it i was like i don't even need music if i want to talk about this with police yeah <laughs> if you want to talk like, about this with me i could talk about it all yeah day. yeah yeah yeah. and Normal. we just feel like the more you talk about it you realize it's like it's just like small talk it's for just me like small it talk. is small talk I, mean, I feel like that's that's the way it should yeah. be normalized though. <laughs> for me it is because like race is such an important part of my identity like being multiracial like I've been forced to look at race mm-hmm. from a, like at a young age. Right. So like race and culture in general. Right, right. So yeah, it's something that I'm really comfortable talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alicia expresses the idea so perfectly here. It's really not that difficult to talk about these issues. Even though it may be polarized and confrontational in the big picture of politics, conversations about race and upbringing and these experiences is really helpful and talking about with other people can lead you to understand how other people grow up, why other people think the way they do. And we continue to talk about this in our conversation by talking about Land of the Free, which is the fourth song of the album and how it relates to our lives. Also, before I forget, can you say your pronouns? Because I forgot to say in the very beginning. she, her. She, her. Okay. Um, I'll do a better job next time of remembering that. And then, um, I guess we'll start out with Land of the Free. Yeah. Um, this entire album actually is something that my household would listen to. Like, if we were just to be playing music, this is what we'd be playing. Just casually, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I I was playing it and my dad hadn't heard it before. And my dad was like, he was bumping to it. And Uh he was like, this is good. And I was like, yeah, you like it? Like, Mm -hmm. I had a feeling my dad would like the Uh entire album. And he did. Yeah. So... He, it's his type of music, mm. very like lyrical mm-hmm. and anything that has just good lyrics, like my family mm-hmm. listens to it. And then in terms of your, uh, like what kind of music you like and how you're influenced, oh. I know you told me a bit last time, but yeah. if you could talk about that a bit, because I know that your dad mm, is dad. a big influence, Yeah, <laughs> a big influence. My dad is a humongous influence because, okay, like I, I was telling you last time, like I'm so bad with like names of songs and names of artists but if i hear a song i'll recognize it and i grew up listening to a lot of um like r&b soul jazz reggae Mm -hmm. and and old school hip-hop and that's all from my dad because my dad grew up in minneapolis and he that's the music he listened to growing up Mm -hmm. and like in high school and my dad was like into graffiti and he was like a b-boy and he would he would break dance and all the good stuff but um, yeah, that's that's my dad's side. But then, like as of today, of course, I'm always gonna like love to listen to lyrics and like right. one of my favorite artists is J Cole because I love his lyrics right. so much. He's but, in this album. <laughs> I know, I know, he's in this album. But I freaking love J Cole. And, uh, the track that features J Cole as a guest feature on this album is titled "Legendary," and it's the 11th track of the album. Despite being situated in the second half of the album that is characteristically more grimy and dark compared to the more soft and jazzy first half, this song has an acoustic soft instrument that makes it more fitting for the first half. But if you listen to the lyrics, we see why it's situated in the second half of the album. J. Cole and Joey Badass are both very lyrical rappers. They paint a vivid picture in your head and storytell, helping you to navigate through that scene, putting you in their shoes. 
And this is exactly what they do in their verses and the chorus and throughout this entire song. They talk about how legends never die, the pioneers, rappers, and artists that helped fight for justice, and how even in today's conflicts, they need to harness that. I think this is one of the big reasons why Alicia and I both really enjoyed J. Cole being a feature on this album. Anyways, let's dive straight back into the conversation that Alicia and I had. So like, yeah, there's that side of music for me that I love, but then my mom's side is like family full of singers. And mm. I've always like grown up around singers and I love to sing myself. So right now I listen to just a, like a lot, a lot of R&B mm. just because that's my favorite genre to sing to. Right. Yeah. And it's so. it's so funny because I feel like the, the, the genres that you like nowadays is just a perfect blend of your mom and your dad. Oh, yeah, like, it is. You have the lyrics and <laughs> like is. the style from your dad, but also from your mom's side, you have to sing along to it. Yeah, like it has to be something I can dance or sing like, to. Like you can't bop to an Eminem song, yeah, right? Yeah, you really can't. I mean, you could like, you could bop your head. Right, but, <laughs> but I think like, that's about it. Yeah, so anything that... Like, uh, I think my favorite types of songs are songs that have, like, that's with a rapper or features a rapper. Mm. So it's like a singer and a rapper combo songs are my favorite songs, like, ever. That's why I sent you, I sent you um, Cherry Wine by Amy Winehouse mm -hmm. and Nas. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite songs of all time because mm -hmm. it's a combo of rap and singing. So, yeah, I fuck with that. Sorry, Bro, but I don't know if talking, I can curse. No, but talk. Okay, you're fine. Because <laughs> literally this entire song is explicit. Yeah, so. okay. I was like, Shana, I'm going to um, I feel like that applies so much to this song, mm -hmm. or just this album, at least the first half. Because Joey's just like a traditional rapper, mm -hmm. but he sings a lot, surprisingly. Yeah. Like, especially in this song, he sings the chorus and the bridge. And then once he gets into the verse, mm -hmm. he raps himself. Yeah, but it's all still like nice to listen to is a thing like it's not um you can't tell that it's two different people yeah but it's enough of a difference where you're like oh he's singing oh he's rapping yeah so an artist just has stuff like a nice voice in general and joey badass does an amazing job of that in mm -hmm. my opinion mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. switching back and forth yeah i would definitely agree you know when in a rap song there's like the three things that you need to make a perfect rap song which are instrumental okay tone of voice mm -hmm. and then lyrics, and then lyrics. <laughs> yeah and then i listen to it i'm like okay listen to the first 10 seconds i already love the instrumental <laughs> and then joey just says what is it at the very beginning of the song he says sometimes i think the world sometimes doesn't really understand me yeah i just and i hear like, that i'm like good lyric <laughs> voice listen to his voice like <laughs> it's there it's there and then when you go into the bridge at the very beginning he's already spitting yeah and the bridge i thought was just like another chorus but like the very first line is just so it's so true it can mm -hmm. be applied to anything he says can't change the world unless we change ourselves yo yeah that has a lot to do like i mean i think anybody could resonate with those lyrics yeah but like especially the black community you can't mm -hmm. change the black community without changing like without fixing things inside of it first right so that that's what i thought about that lyric mm -hmm. and i feel like with this lyric because joey doesn't say person or community mm -hmm. you can take this so many different ways yeah. like as a person i can't change what's around me until i change myself mm -hmm. and then it can go to like a family 
Like you can't change, yeah. you can't tell what other people to do exactly. unless you address what's in your family. And it goes to a community and then even to like a country. Mm-hmm. Like we can't change. Yep. We can't go expecting changing the world if mm-hmm. we don't have our shit together in the United exactly. States. Exactly. So yeah, that's a very, I think it's a very easy lyric to relate to. Yeah, I Anybody agree. can. Yeah, Anybody. honestly. And I feel like that's something Joey does like throughout this album. Is that mm-hmm. you can obviously tell that these lyrics, these lyrics, most, okay, <laughs> please excuse the screaming kids in the background, but it's fine. I feel like Joey, a lot of what Joey says would resonate strongest or most with the black community. Yeah. But because he doesn't place any labels, any listener can like. Yeah, especially in the beginning. I mean, he dives into it later. Yeah, but yeah. So going into the bridge. Oh, yeah, that transitions into the chorus. Yeah. And what was the one thing that you said? The black spade. Okay, what does he say? I'm just the black spade spawn out the nebula. Okay, what do you think about this? I, I don't know. That's, <laughs> let's try to... There was one lyric that I was like, what does this mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, okay, because, like, automatically... Okay, what do you think when you think spade? Cards. Cards, right? Yeah. That's immediately what I thought, too. And, like, there's a game called Spades. I don't know if you ever played it. Probably. But it's, like, it's a common, like, game that's played in the black community. Like, if you go to a black family and you're, like, you want to play some spades, they they know what game you're talking about. I learned it, like, a couple years ago, and it was Mm. funny because, like, my dad said he grew up playing it, but he couldn't remember how to play it. Oh. Yeah, and so my one of my aunts' aunts' boyfriends taught us how to play it again. Mm-hmm. But like, it's a really it's a really fun game. We should play it someday. Yeah. But um, I'm pretty sure I probably played it at college at one point. Maybe yeah. But I don't know. I played a lot of cards in college. <laughs> okay, so piecing that with black spade. Black spade. Yeah. So spades. It's a it's a really common black card game. Like it's a. Uh, I feel like it's a. Uh, from what you're saying it's a card game that symbolizes or like embodies the black community yeah if you were gonna say like okay what card game do black people like to play (laughs) people would say spades yeah yeah um because that's i don't know that's just what i was taught Uh uh-huh but i don't know that lyrics just completely like I feel I like that's can't. definitely a part of it, and I definitely didn't know the spade part. Yeah. But um, that's what I was thinking immediately. But I just couldn't like a black spade spawn out the nebula. Right. I couldn't. I couldn't. I mean, it, <laughs> it makes sense contextually though what you're saying because two lines before, what does he say? Full house on my hands, the cards I was dealt. Oh. And throughout <laughs> this entire song, he like he talks about the metaphor of cards, mm-hmm. right? And being a black spade black obviously like figuratively mm-hmm. it references the the black like black individuals mm-hmm. but it can also mean a black physical spade which mm-hmm. is a card mm-hmm. and being spawned at the nebula i feel like paints this like glorious like mysterious magical exactly. type of like no one's obviously born at the nebula but, <laughs> <laughs> i mean unless you're like what is it dr strange but yeah um, but the, yeah, I I forgot about that lyric before. Mm-hmm. Full house on my hands and the cards. And did he also out. catch next line? He says three K's, two A's in America, mm-hmm. like literally given. You can spell America with three K's and two A's, but three K's and two A's also means three kings and two aces. It could also mean the KKK K and African American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is a lot, bro. <laughs> that's Joey's lot. ability to pack in double entendres to every single line that he spits is an amazing talent that he has. 
in the song Super Predator, which is the ninth song of the album, Joey again references America with three Ks in the song. And this song is basically a testament to how Joey is needing to consistently re-emphasize how he needs to say the same thing again and again about the, um, the history of the United States that's been plagued by discrimination and racial prejudice, as well as violent ways of condoning this and uh, political clashes and, and the like. And Joey says, quote, typical America, damn sure ain't no miracle. And as Alicia said, America here is spelled with three Ks, having a multitude of meanings. And Joey doesn't hesitate to consistently reference America in this way in any of the songs that he drops on this album. In fact, you'd probably hear a, um, a reference to America spelled with three Ks on basically every single song in this album, which really drives home the point that Joey's trying to make. We need to wake up and see the reality of the country right now. In the case of this song, Land of the Free, Joey uses the motif of card games to drive home the same point. Let's go into the first verse. In this verse, I think what interested me the most is that he continues with the metaphor or the motif of card games, mm -hmm. where he says, where does it say? Heart, oh. My destiny rerouted when I chose to follow heart. You told to follow mm -hmm. suit, but tell me what it'd do for you. Except weigh you down, you trapped inside the cubicle. That is so good. <laughs> so, well, I feel like what he's saying here is that he's following his heart, mm -hmm. meaning he's doing as he wishes, he has autonomy, yeah. he recognizes what, needs, what he needs, but mm -hmm. other people are following suit. Mm -hmm. And suit means like obviously following people, mm -hmm. like following, I followed suit in the, in the chase or whatever, but also I feel like suit, if you physically look at a suit, it's like power or like yeah. a boss, right? Mm -hmm. So why are you following what other people say? And what is that doing for you? And he's questioning that to listeners because he's asked a question here, right? Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a, a provocative line like a few lines but he's not stuffing any answers in our mouth not at all which i think is not what a lot of music does like when you mm -hmm. expect when you think about what a rapper does mm -hmm. it's like he speaks he or she or they speak their truth right yeah and their opinions to the public but here he's asking a question yeah i mean the idea of like a suit and that like physically what is a suit yeah and that being power mm. it just ver like the lyrics verify that idea in the yeah. next line when he says you decide like what did he say blah, 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 cubicle. now you're trapped inside a cubicle they built yeah. for us and then you know a cubicle is a, yeah, a card are, yeah mm -hmm. so and then physically being trapped physically. in a cube you're like Cubicle is like a workplace. Yeah, at a cubicle office. is like where the, all the people are doing the same thing. They're mm -hmm. all in a cubicle. Okay. This is the last time I'll say it, but bars, <laughs> bars. <laughs> no, I don't think that's gonna be the last time you say it. <laughs> bars, bars. Like if we're really gonna be diving deep into this, it is not the last time uh -huh. you're gonna say it, because there's so many ways mm -hmm. that we can look at this. But I feel like when I look into myself mm -hmm. and see whether I'm following my heart. Or following suit 
especially as a a, a Korean American mm -hmm. in college. Yeah. Just outside me being a Korean, just being in college, mm -hmm. you kind of get disillusioned from the idea that you don't have to follow what everyone says. Well, I think you're one of my only friends who is like really following their passion, uh -huh. not like an idea of like, where's the money? Because I said this to you the other day, I was like, Michael, yeah. whatever you do, you're going to be successful. And your response to me was, I don't really care if I'm successful as long as I'm happy. Uh. And I was like, wow, I don't think any other friend of mine would <laughs> say like, I think I'd rather be happy than successful. Because of course, like everybody wants to be happy. But I feel like going to college, you're expected to be successful. Yeah. More so than happy. And yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that one of the big reasons why I think about that is that when I think about success and happiness, when I think about how happiness can stem from success and the way that success mm -hmm. can stem from happiness, I guess it ties back to the first line because when Joey says True. can't change the world until we change ourselves, mm -hmm. where he obviously establishes inside and outside, mm -hmm. I feel like happiness is something you have inside, right? Yeah. That's something that no one else can tell you. Like, yeah. I'm not going to tell you this <laughs> is going to make you happy and this is going to make you happy. Yeah. And this is going to make you happy. But with success, it's like all outside. That's true. But I think also like you're one of the few people I know who have put together that whatever they're successful in, they should be happy into. Right. And like that's you're figuring that out pretty young because I feel like a lot of people don't realize that whatever they're whatever their passion is should then lead to their success mm -hmm. like my sister is a great example she just started working on her art and right. like decided to start like selling her art mm -hmm. and that's what makes her happy is doing art do you want to give a quick shout out to her oh yeah quick shout out to my sister um she is doing a lot of graphic art on her t-shirts and selling them online her at is ishmops or underscore ishmops on instagram so that's underscore is eight h m o p s yeah, and yeah. then her website which is where she sells her accounts is the same at so it's it's just ishmops.com i-s-h-m-o-p-s.com mm -hmm. and i'll link it if i can yeah. find a way to link it on spotify <laughs> you can link it, yeah I'm maybe actually, on the episode description maybe yeah but um maybe we can foster a little bit of a cross media cross, me <laughs> cross no, media actually, promotion actually yeah and like She's up for hire, like if you want some sort of graphic art done. Um, but right now she's focusing on like black revolutionary art. Mm. Like um, she, I'm wearing her Kaepernick piece right now. Yeah. She has Looks a dope. yeah Miss Lauren Hill piece. She mm. has um, oh the Kaepernick piece has like Black Panthers on it. Mm -hmm. um, what's her other piece? Oh, she has Angela Davis in uh, Rainbow. And the uh, Tupac. Yeah, oh, and Tupac. she released her Tupac Okay, one. how can you forget that? <laughs> I forgot about the Tupac one because it's the most recent. Classic. Yeah, but she's um, she's working on another piece right now. I think she's about to release an Ice Cube piece. So, mm. we'll see. But yeah, that's my sister. And like, I was like, my point being that if you go after what you like doing, what makes you happy, then the success will follow. And that's right. been nothing but the truth for her recently. Mm. Like the mm. amount of opportunity that that's just been thrown at her since she started doing art mm. is ridiculous. Mm. So, I feel like that's especially mm. relevant nowadays with BLM suddenly mm -hmm. exploding. Oh yeah. And then if you look on Instagram or like the advocacy pages, mm -hmm. what are the few things that you can do? What is it? Educate yourself, raise black voices, mm -hmm. 
or shop from black owned businesses. Yeah, support right? black owned businesses right yeah. now. So eventually I feel like justice as a concept itself is inherently tied to happiness. It's yes. not tied to success, isn't it? Mm -mm. Maybe not like maybe I mean, in some instances, like I mean hmm. I feel like some people can label their success as being happy. Which... I agree. I mean some people like grow up not in a like wealthy household and then their specific goal is to be successful and that's what would bring mm. them happiness right so i guess that's yeah mm -hmm. but i think it depends it all everybody's different uh -huh. it depends as a 19 year old i never find myself having enough time the days tick by from days to hours to minutes to seconds and life flies by in a blur when i look back at it trying to navigate through the world we're living in and maintain healthy relationships with my friends and family, while also figuring out my identity and what to do with the future, it's really easy for me to get consumed in my worries because I'm always having to chase the next big thing. That's how I view success. Success is a destination. It's somewhere that we want to get to someday, but we never quite get there because we're always aspiring for something more. That's why happiness is so important to me. It helps me zoom in in the now and have a positive mindset and make the most of my current situation without having to worry about the past or the future. And this is a big reason why I started this podcast. Talking about music with my friends or anyone like Alicia brings me so much joy and having these conversations, I end up having to realize and introspect a lot and I stumble upon some really important ideas that I wouldn't really be able to think about or even stumble upon if I was busy thinking about what's the next big thing, what's gonna make me successful. And ultimately, we're all doing the same thing. We just want to live a good life. So I guess I want to leave you with one last question. What makes you happy and what makes you successful? And which one of those helps you live a better life? Because in the end, if you do that, that's not only good for you, but everyone around you as well. In the next episode, I'll be continuing to talk about Land of the Free with Alicia and cover the rest of the second half of All American Badass. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you folks, as always, in the next episode.